Winning is always more fun than losing. It puts you at the top with all the power and pride that comes with it. It's an inner want that can sometimes become a constant need. So how do we make winning less important? You know, it isn't if you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Or as Ted Lasso says, it's not whether you win or lose, it's about being your best self. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And welcome to this episode of The Grand Life. In this episode, we talk about the winning and losing of playing games. Later, we'll hear more of Ted Lasso's words of wisdom. But if you haven't heard of Ted Lasso, let's explain. We both have become pretty big fans of this, along with millions of other folks who watch yeah. Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, it's awesome. And they've done two seasons so far. And I think they've been nominated for is 20 Emmy Awards. I think they've it won seven. It wouldn't surprise me. But they have had huge success. Um, and it, and Ted Lasso is played by Jason Sudeikis, right? Yeah. Who many of you might know from... Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, you know, you wouldn't expect somebody from Saturday Night Live to be coming out with this uh, show that is so warm-hearted and f- kind of... I think it's family-friendly. I'm trying to think back when I think about it. I mean, I probably wouldn't let a little child watch it. There's one character who's got an especially oh, dirty right. mouth. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, I saw him on Sesame Street just recently one with of, all the F words. One, one of my <laughs> friends says he is his uh, spirit guide. <laughs> it's terrible, actually. So, no, probably not family-friendly for young kids, but it is a really positive show. Unstoppably optimistic is what he is. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about winning and losing, we see our grands learning how to win and lose in a similar way to Ted Lasso's philosophy. So this new generation is finally figuring stuff out that we didn't know or understand. You know, our kids grew up with People all around them with lots of competition, kids taking lessons like crazy, being promoted to higher and higher levels. I feel like there were plenty of multiple sport kids who had to deal with the challenges of of, uh, competing all the way through the year and taking lessons in multiple sports. Yeah, and also in whatever sport they were in, they just kept going further and further. Uh, pushing harder and harder. Higher levels of achievement and competition. Yeah, and now I see a lot of young parents who are unwilling to handcuff themselves to that way of thinking. Um, All of the driving, all of the pushing, all of the awards, all of the stuff that I think in the past generations, there was this time period where it was a really big thing to push kids. And now it's not so much, I don't think. So since the pandemic? Well, I think the pandemic probably uh, contributed to parents saying, I'm not doing this anymore because <laughs> they started enjoying being with their kids and having their kids relax a little. It's yeah, very like, stressful. Ooh, what is this like now? Yeah, it's very stressful. I mean, there still are people thinking, oh, my kid's going to be an Olympian. I think now we see what the Olympians are going through and we think, I don't know if I would want that for my child. If you can be purpose-driven about the way your child competes, if you can really think about the kinds of sports that they may play later, the kinds of uh, activities that are not necessarily going to damage their bodies early on, and the kinds of things that will help them figure out how to lose and then credit that to a lifetime of experience at both winning and losing. seems like the experience can be a lot richer. Maybe that's what you're talking about when you see younger parents 
now kind of on that different track. Yeah, I mean, there's a blog post that we're going to link on the show notes called Seven Ways to Teach Kids Failure is a Great Thing uh, by Rebecca Lewick. And I, I think if you look at that, you realize that these adult kids are teaching our grands so much more about what it is to lose. So they're not struggling as much with things like mental health issues and being pushed to the brink. Um, And I think that, I just think that's really good. And I think that's something positive that I see in our, in this generation, the one that's bringing our grandchildren up. Wouldn't you agree? I would. There's a lot to talk about here. Yeah, but before we talk to a guest who loves games for fun and the competition, let's talk about what happened with our own grands this week, and maybe you had a similar experience. And that's our segment, This Week in Grandparenting. So uh, a couple of our grands were involved in something called a travel expo. So they it was a little bit like a science fair, except it was about... Uh, going to different countries. So they had like a trifold uh, poster board thing and they worked and they had little food from the country and different kinds of things that they did. And it was so much fun to go see them um, exhibit their learning from what, you know, from this travel club that they were in. This was an after-school activity that they had been doing. And we live within walking distance of the elementary school where they go. And I just have to say how fun that was. And one of the things that came up in that was that we are grandparents, but their other grandparents live close by too. And so we kind of had to stand back and wait until the other grandparents were finished talking with one of the grandchildren until they were going to move over to the other grandchild's exhibit. And I just wanted to mention to you, because I know sometimes grandparents can be jealous of one another. There can be a little competition or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe if not that, a little awkwardness sometimes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that sometimes we're not awkward, but what I wanted to just mention to you as you're listening to this is, you know, double the grandparents, double the love. That's how we feel. It's important that our grandchildren feel loved. And so if they get double that with other grandparents, then more power to them. And that is another way to look at competition. We're not competing. We are working together. I'd have to say I don't feel like we're competing with them because we know that the grandkids uh, appreciate us differently and in mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as we're being true to who we are and not trying to be like somebody we're not, they'll see that. And I think they're they're appreciating us for what we are. Yeah. And just being together is really the big thing. The other thing is we had a sleepover this week with three of our grandgirls, and um, we played lots of games, and we celebrated the wins, and it wasn't without a little bit of friction, but we worked it out, and in the end, maybe, you know, we didn't finish the game, but still, everyone, I think, was fairly satisfied, wouldn't you say? I would. You know, we've got uh, kids that are two years apart in age, and they're all in elementary school, so there's a big difference in abilities, and so... Sometimes these games, they don't go the way they're designed uh, when you've got one who maybe can identify letters but can't spell words. And it was just fun to watch them helping each other out. I think sometimes it's easy to think, well, we don't want to play with you because you don't know how to do such and such or you're too little. And, you know, I think the teamwork that is was exhibited was really wonderful. And it's great to see these kids learning about winning and losing. And yeah, sometimes they have to run off and, you know, take a deep breath, but they figure it out, come back. They try to, we try to 
work with them and talk about what's fair and what's not. And their parents have worked really hard with them. Their parents are game players too. So it's just, it was just wonderful and it was really fun. And I recognized that, you know, I talked a couple weeks ago about favorites. And I think sometimes when I look at the favorites of my grandchildren, I'd, I said something like, well, we have more in common. But the thing is, if I don't have, if I don't like games, but one of them does, and I reach out towards her and and give her time to play games, all of a sudden I feel a great connection with her. So it's, it is interesting that, you know, it takes two. But it was a good success. And I think we all learned how to play game in a more successful way than we may have before. Now let's talk to another grandmother who has older grandchildren, and let's see what she has to say about winning and losing. You may recognize Donnie Davis from a previous episode of our podcast. I am the founder of the Gaga Sisterhood, which is now in its 19th year. Wow. And we are a national membership organization. We've been meeting for all these years, usually in person, but since the since COVID, we started meeting on on Zoom. And so now I've expanded to people all over the country. And sometimes even grandmas from Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, that's fantastic. And basically, my mission is to inspire grandmas to continue growing and learning along with our children and grandchildren. I love that because evolving is one of my favorite words. We, we need to evolve. And um, I, I'm learning and growing just like my grandchildren are. And today, we wanted to talk about the topic of games and whether we should let our grandchildren win and I, or help them if they lose. So I kind of wanted to talk to you because I was looking back, searching through your articles, which you, you write a blog all the time. It's, there's tons of resources for people who are looking for any kind of subject, put it in the search bar. And I saw a couple of articles that you'd written back a few years ago. And maybe you could just tell us a little bit about the article that you wrote about, the, the one specifically that you wrote about playing with your two granddaughters. Yes. My granddaughters are now 19 and 15. But when I wrote the article, they were 13 and 17. I was staying with them for a week. And they are game players. They just love to play games. They have a shelf with about 25 box games on it. And we played almost every one of those games during that week I was with them. Wow. But what I wrote about was, do we let our grandchildren have an edge and let them win? Or do we go full out and play to win? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what was your conclusion? After my granddaughter, the younger one, slaughtered me in a memory game. (laughs) So so, so there's 36 pairs of these Uh insect cards. Yeah. And it's just like any memory game. She got 34 and I got two. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm terrible at those. Sounds like you you didn't have any feelings of feeling bad about it. (laughs) No, I didn't. I felt bad. Exactly. I said, Amelia you got to let me get a few more. (laughs) She is so good at that memory game. So then we went on to Monopoly. Now, she's got a whole bunch of house rules for Monopoly. Okay. But at the end of the game, I took a picture of the board because I had hotels on every side. (laughs) 
I had all the railroads. I had all the utilities. I had. I even had the get out of jail free card. Oh my gosh! There's no getting around that if if you're Amelia. And I took that picture and I said, Amelia, someday when you're older, I'm going to show you this picture of when I slaughtered you because you. She usually slaughters me. She's she's a real competitor. Yeah. And so, what was her reaction to having lost to you? Well, you know, she's she's now 15, so she's a good sport. Yeah. But when the girls were little, I would not play my hardest. And I would make sure that I was giving them a chance. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to go. You play it not to win, Mm -hmm. but to have fun. Yeah. What do you do, though, if you have a grandchild who, and we had a child like this, so I know what this is like. You have a grandchild who doesn't really cotton to losing. I mean, can't handle the losing. And also, a, a second part of that question would be, what if, what age do you expect them to get to the point where they can lose graciously? Well, I, I think I wrote in my article that around kindergarten is when they should be accepting defeat. Okay. But I think when a child has a hard time with it, I always say, it sounds like you were really upset, frustrated, you know, what was what was going on with you that made you run out of the room? Mm-hmm. What was what were the feelings? Because I'm really into getting down to the feelings yes. all the time. With everything. Yeah. And, and I'll just say, wow, you know, you seem so upset. And I've gotten upset, too, when I lose because I really like to win. Yeah. So how does it feel? H- how are you feeling? And 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 just really have a conversation about that. That's a great idea because I think it gives them a chance to identify what's going on inside. So it's not about the game. It's about what's happening inside of them. You know, Mike and I were talking about this earlier, and he was saying, what was it, Mike, you were saying about needing to be coached on how to lose? Like, we're always thinking about coaches helping team members win. But the number of times that you'll lose when competing far exceeds the number of times that you'll win. And so if you were to pick just one of those to get coaching on, it probably should be losing just because (laughs) you'll use it more. Now, that's, of course, not a – it's a false choice. But uh, I I think there's something there to coaching on losing, right? That is so important. I think that's a really good concept to think about because, yeah, we're always – got to win, got to win. And I wrote down this quote that I really like. Losing doesn't destroy self-esteem. It helps overcome the fear of failure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. None of us like to to fail or lose. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a failing forward. We talk about failing forward. If we as grandparents Mm -hmm. can help inoculate our grandchildren to that fear of losing, how much more bold how much more risk are they likely to take and how much more exciting will that make life? How much more successful will that make them and whatever it is that they're passionate about? That's a really good thing to coach them on. Uh, gosh, you know, I, I feel so bad when I lose. I'm, I'm a real competitor. Yeah. And I, I will say to my grandchildren, oh, man, I feel crushed. But... <laughs> You know, you can't win all the time. Yeah, and it's good to recognize the feeling that you're having. So that's good. And that for them to recognize that you understand that you feel that way. Now, I'm curious because I remember you telling me that you came from a very long line of game players. 
So you were used to, I mean, I have to say when I grew up, I don't remember ever playing a game with my parents. I mean, that just was not in the cards for our family, pardon the pun. Um, (laughs) I played with my sister, and I want to ask you about your legacy of game playing and also where you were in your birth order, because I think the way one kind of looks at playing games might be affected by what your birth order is. Interesting. Well, I am the oldest of three. Okay. There it is. There it is. First woman. (laughs) Tries really hard. Uh Mm -hmm. And also can win because you're smarter than everyone. I mean, I'm the youngest of three girls. Mm -hmm. So I was always the loser because, I mean, it's hard to be the winner when you're six years younger and, you know, you're younger. Uh You don't know. You know, I also think that some people are more competitive than others. Mm -hmm. And I came from a family that went all out. I'm curious, your youngest brother, the youngest one, does he Mm -hmm. like to play games? Oh, he is super competitive. Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's more about personality than it is about birth order. But And see, my younger granddaughter of the two siblings is way more competitive than her older sister. Okay. And... And I think, and she and her dad play cribbage all the time, and they really play to win. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, Mike and I very rarely play games. We were gone for a, a little vacation a couple weeks ago, and we played Bananagrams, which is a it's kind of a sister game to to Scrabble, a much mm-hmm. easier game than Scrabble because um, you're not doing points for each letter, but. Um, it's funny because we played six games. He won three, I won three, and then I wanted to stop. <laughs> so I don't know whether that means I'm super competitive or I have no sense of competition and I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> I think it's the latter one. I'm, I'm sorry. I think I think pushing you into six games was a was a, was a kind of a stretch. Yeah, it was a stretch. I mean, I want to like games, but it's just not in my personality. But I, I think that it's. I think games in general are just such a great bonding experience. They are. I came to game playing kind of late in life, or at least the ability to play games without stomping off and losing, right? I was the, I was the youngest in my family. I had yeah. the, some of the same disabilities that you had in terms of, you know, not being able to win. Right. If I could uh, turn the clock back 40 years and be a better game player and a better loser, I and my family would have been better off for it. So thanks for showing the way. You know, I I just want to add one other thing. I I really think that when we play games and we lose, it builds our resilience. It teaches us that this this is the reality of life. You can't win all the time. And I think the more you get comfortable with losing, the easier it is to lose. Absolutely. So maybe we teach that to our grandchildren. As a final note on competition, winning, and losing, let's take another page from the Ted Lasso playbook. This is from a speech that he gives at the painful end to their team's soccer season. Now look, this is a sad moment right here for all of us. There ain't nothing I can say standing in front of you right now that could take that away. But please, do me this favor, will you? Lift your heads up and look around this locker room. 
Yeah. Look at everybody else in here. And I want you to be grateful that you're going through this sad moment with all these other folks. Because I promise you, there is something worse out there than being sad, and that is being alone and being sad. Ain't nobody in this room alone. So that's Ted Lasso. You know, when we're together with our grands, we're certainly not alone. The outcome of the games we play with them is never guaranteed, but with the right approach, it's pretty likely that we will have a lot of fun. You know, if you'd like to get in touch with us, and we would love that, you can email to grandlifeconnection at gmail.com or give us a phone call at 317-572-7876. Life is short, so while we can, let's have a lot of fun. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thank you for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. Well, I guess the real conundrum is, do you say anything to parents if something goes wrong while you're watching your grandchild? I mean, I guess there are a few options. You could give them a full report, or you could just gloss over everything and say it all went great, even if it didn't. That's next time on The Grand Life.